0: Hello and welcome. I'm your hostess, Tanai, and I'm an intuitive coach. I help people feel fully self-expressed in their lives and relationships by learning to accept and love every part of themselves. For the past 10 years, I've worked with all kinds of sex and relationship experts to heal my own commitment phobia, to find out that there's actually no such thing. I'm ready to share everything that I've learned. So this podcast is my opportunity to debunk commitment phobia. So drop all your preconceived notions and tune in to hear what I've learned along my journey about what it takes for people to really create authentic and intimate connections. This is Commitment Phobe. What does it mean to to commit? Everybody has a different association and definition for this word. For some people, it means being with someone forever or at least planning on it. For other people, it means making an effort to build something with someone and not being with anybody else, right? So, being with someone exclusively for some people has to do with committing. For other people, it means putting a label on a relationship. So, once you commit, is once you decide to say you're a boyfriend or say you're a girlfriend. Everybody has their own way of interpreting this word of committing, especially in a relationship. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and committing means to carry out or perpetrate. So, you know, when you think about someone who committed a crime, that's what it's referring to. And when it comes to a person or an organization, committing means to pledge or bind a person or an organization to a certain course or policy to be dedicated to something. And then there's a specific definition for emotional relationships, and it says to commit is to be in a long-term emotional relationship with someone, which I thought was really interesting that it specifically says long-term so there aren't really any time um, limitations or it doesn't really mean being with someone forever or trying to be with someone forever or... Being with someone under a specific label or for a specific time, it just says to be in a long term relationship with someone, which is interesting because then, you know, when we talk about someone who can't commit or who doesn't want to, how long of a relationship is long term? But whatever the definition is in a committed relationship, it's important for people to agree upon this definition of commitment. Whether that's a monogamous relationship or an open relationship, whatever you determine to be the seriousness of your relationship, it's important to have these conversations with the other about, you know, being clear about what committed means to you and what it means for you to be in a relationship together. Communication is so key in any relationship, I would say the most important part. And so that's what I want to talk about today, which is the role that communication plays specifically for people who feel like they can't commit to a relationship or they feel like they can't open up to intimacy and be with another person and open up to vulnerability. So welcome back to episode two of Commitment kind of And I'm so excited to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is self-expression and communication. This is exactly why I became a coach because I wanna help people feel the freedom of expressing themselves and sharing what's on their mind and in their heart. And so I can't wait to talk about this and the role it plays and how big of a role it played for me when I was learning about myself and my ability to be intimate and vulnerable with other people. We grew up having so many taboos about what is okay to talk about and what isn't, you know, and everyone has different ones. Personally, I grew up in a family that was raised on very Eastern European standards. My grandparents and my great-grandparents, they were from countries like Romania and Russia and Poland at the time, you know, in the 30s and 40s and 50s there was so much emphasis being placed on not talking about things, keeping them to yourself. Privacy is really important. Um, There's just certain topics that were not okay to talk about with other people. And even those things that you're only meant to talk about with your partner, people didn't really feel free talking within themselves about it because they didn't have the muscle of talking you know, people are still in so much fear that if they share their truth that they, they aren't going to be accepted and that if they share what's on their mind, then they're going to be rejected or it's not going to be okay. They're going to feel shame. They're going to feel guilt. So we all come with these set of beliefs around what is okay to talk about, when is it okay to talk about something, is it okay to talk about certain things at all with anyone? And we each bring in these beliefs that we have around communication into our relationships. And so bringing it back to my personal example, since I was raised in a family that came from these traditional Eastern European Jewish standards, there wasn't a lot being communicated with each other at the table, and there wasn't a lot being communicated with each other within my family, specifically about feelings. You know, feelings, it's like, wow, I can't even... I can't even believe that at some point in my life, you know, feelings were something that I felt like weren't okay to talk about. And I do remember in my family, that was very much a theme. With my parents, with my mom, I felt really comfortable crying and telling her how I was feeling. And then with my dad, my dad was always, you know, has always been very loving and very welcoming and very accepting. But when it came to throwing tantrums or crying, of course, I would aggravate my dad. You know, if, if I got angry and if I started crying, then he would get angry and he would um, lash out and tell me to stop crying. And then on top of that, I was the only girl within a family of three siblings. So that I had two older brothers. I have two older brothers. And then there's my dad and my mom. And even my mom was an engineer. Like They were all engineers except for me. And both my brothers and my dad worked in finance. So I was always kind of not really a black sheep, but I was very different than the rest of my family. There were a lot more intellectuals, a lot more left-brained, while I was more creative and I liked to talk about my imagination and, and music and dancing and, and singing and creating art. So I, you know, remember how on Shabbat dinners, which were the Friday night dinners that we had as a family, I would speak up and try to share a story. But of course, I was much younger than my siblings and didn't really talk about the same thing. So I wouldn't end up being listened to a lot. A lot of times I felt like nobody was paying attention to me or nobody cared. And at the, the end of the day, what would end up happening is that I'd just stay quiet, feeling like I'm so different from my family and no one's listening to me. And it's much better to stay quiet than try to talk because it hurt too much to feel ignored and feel like nobody cared. So, what ends up happening is that I grow up to be a girl and then a teen and then a little bit of an adult who believes that it's not okay to talk about my feelings and it's not okay to talk too much about myself with men. I mean, of course it affected my belief about talking about myself with everybody. But specifically with men, I grew up thinking like there was no space for me to talk and share my truth. So you can think about it for yourself and think about what are those beliefs that you were raised with around communication and around sharing about yourself and sharing about your truths that affected the way that you relate to others in your relationships today. I date men. And so the way that I related to them and in my family completely affected the way that I related to men in relationships. And everybody has their own form of that. The way we were raised completely affects the way we are in relationships. And if you're not aware of it, and if you're not conscious of how it's affecting it, then it's just going to keep showing up in your relationships over and over again. Now, a lot of times what clients are My friends ask me is, is it really that important to share what you have in your heart? Is it really that important to share how you feel and what's on your mind? And the way that I love explaining it is that the way I see it is that expressing yourself is honoring your truth and letting everyone know that what you have inside belongs. What you have inside is worthy of being listened to. Communicating yourself is a way of self-love. If there's some things that you don't feel comfortable sharing with, you're basically saying that there's a part of you that doesn't belong, that there's things inside you, thoughts, feelings, ideas that aren't worthy of being loved, that aren't worthy of having space. And so when you get in communication with others and you allow yourself to express yourself, you're letting in more love for who you are exactly the way that you are. There's no need to change how you're feeling, how you're going to say something, whether it's going to come out as a scream or as a whisper. It's all worthy of being seen and being heard. And so when we start limiting ourselves and what we can say in relationship, we're not just limiting the connection with someone else, but we're also limiting the connection we have with ourselves. And in order to receive love from someone else and be in a relationship with other people, it's so much easier to do that and You let so much more love in if you're coming from a place where you already love yourself. So when we're talking about finding the relationship that makes us happier, finding the relationship of our dreams, it makes sense to think that that would be a relationship where you are exactly who you are and you're loved for it. And you get to do that for someone else. Love them exactly how they are. Be able to share with each other your truths and still be there for each other and still love each other and not try to change. So when talking about people who run away from relationships and they say they can't commit or they say that they don't want intimacy or, or don't know how to do intimacy, there's so much there that isn't being communicated. I really think that, you know, when you're talking about people who say they can't commit or people who just won't open up to be in a relationship, it's so much related to not being open to communication, and that's like I said, a form of self love. So people who aren't open to intimacy and vulnerability and being with another just represents their amount of self love and how much they accept whatever's inside of them, how much they're okay with, and they're in total acceptance with their truth and they the way that they are. When I think about all the times that I ran away from a relationship or I got scared of being in a relationship or I got overwhelmed by someone. There was so much that I just wasn't communicating. It wasn't that I didn't really want to be with them, you know, because when we talk about people who can't commit, what people always say is, you know, I really like you. I um, really could see a future with you, but I just can't open up or I'm not the committing type or I'm not the relationship type and when we talk about people who have been dumped, you know, or, or people who have been in, in relationships with people who they describe as commitment folks, it leaves them hanging. Like it leaves them wanting for more because they hear from their partner how there's nothing wrong with them and how they love them, but they just aren't in the place for it or can't promise them to be with them. You know, there's all these different ways of saying, I don't want to be with you. <laughs> I really love you, but I don't want to be with you. And at least in my case, that was absolutely never true. I will say that every time that I left a relationship or that I refused to be in one or whatever, I was always a no. You know, I really do think that in life, we're either a fuck yes to something or a fuck no. Deep down, if someone put a gun to your head, you would be either a fuck yes or a fuck no. And it's so much easier when you make decisions that way. Because that's what's there already. We just have so many things that get in the way, like fears of what ifs and and what if I'm wrong and what if I'm not, What you know, how could I trust myself? What if I regret going the path of yes or the path of no and I need to make sure that I'm really sure? But I would say that every time that I left a relationship, I didn't want to be with them. I didn't see my future with them or, I, or there were qualities in them that I didn't like and that I didn't think I was compatible with. So it wasn't so much that I wanted to be with them and I just felt like I couldn't, but I just didn't wanna be with them. And I think you could say the same about everybody that's been in the situation. It's just the things that aren't really being communicated. It's just the way that these people, including myself or all of us, really, we all do this. It's the way that we handle situations and the way we speak our truth and the way we leave relationships that um, makes us think of someone that can't commit. So in my case, I would have this pattern like I've mentioned before, which was that I would be dating someone and then these things would start coming up of things that I didn't like, whether that was complaints about things that they did or qualities about them that I didn't like, or I was feeling uncomfortable or overwhelmed or angry, and I would never speak up during any of these things. So I wouldn't say things that I didn't like because I didn't want to be judgmental. I wouldn't say when I was in a bad mood because I didn't want to be annoying. I wouldn't say when I wanted things differently or, or, you know, just asking for things because I didn't feel like I could do any of these things. Like the fear of what the person would say if I said those things was way bigger than leaving this relationship it was way more comfortable to not say anything at all because that's what I was used to. And so that's that's where the way that we were raised plays in. Because if I grew up thinking that it wasn't okay to to share all these things, then I was showing up to the relationship and doing the same. And a lot of times hoping that I could just deal with things on my own. Like if I had complaints about something they did, then I would just tell myself, okay, I don't wanna complain. I'll just deal with this by myself. I'm sure if I wait a few days, then I'll just get over it. And of course, the total opposite thing would, would happen, which is that it would be a snowball effect. And all of these things would add up until I I was just so uncomfortable with myself because I wasn't speaking my truth and I wasn't showing up as myself anymore. You know, at that point, it wasn't even like I can't be with this person anymore. It was just I can't continue this way. I can't keep hiding who I am and hiding what I think because it's exhausting and gives me so much anxiety and and I'm tired, you know. Tired of smiling and pretending like I'm okay. Tired of tolerating things that I don't really like and never speaking up about it. So that just never gave room for me to work things out with people, even if in the end of the day I knew that that I wasn't going to be with them forever or whatever. And this idea is so important. This idea of communicating even if you don't think you're going to be with this person forever. Something that people say a lot is that they'll wait to have certain conversations until they're with the person who they really care about and, or until they're with someone who they see a future with. And it makes sense. You know, we, we grow up thinking that these hard conversations are only worth having with some people. And a big part of it really underneath not wanting to be uncomfortable having these conversations is that we think once we meet the one, once we meet that person that we know is fully committed to us and we know fully loves us for who we are, then we're going to be able to feel comfortable communicating ourselves and knowing that that person isn't going anywhere. So what we end up doing is that we are going around dating people and not really being ourselves and not really sharing these dark things inside us that we don't approve of, like our anger and our sadness and And our disagreeableness because we say to ourselves, oh, I'm just going to wait for that one person who this is all worth it for and that I'm going to feel comfortable with because I know that they're not going to run away if I start saying what I really think. So really take that in for a second. Really think about how that has played out in your life. Whether you're single or in a relationship or you're married or you're divorced, just think about that idea that we have that our truth is only worthy of being heard by someone who we know isn't going to run away and that it's not worth being truthful with whoever we have in front of us because it's not going anywhere and because it's too, too uncomfortable <laughs> and we should only put ourselves through discomfort if we really care about somebody. This is so dysfunctional. It is such a dysfunctional way of looking at things. Marianne Williamson, who's the author of one of my favorite books, A Return to Love, she really opened me up to seeing this completely different. She talks about in her book how, you know, this idea of how we wait for that one person to do all the uncomfortable things with and that person who's worth it. Whenever you think about it, what difference will it make? in us, in our ability to share ourselves when we're with the person who we see as the one or when we're with someone who we want to command a lot of time to. If we have no practice expressing ourselves, if we haven't really taken the time to love all these parts of ourselves that we're so used to hiding, then how could we possibly do that with someone who we see as the one? why not see all these relationships that we you know, come into contact with, even friendships and family and people at work, why not think of that as practice? And it's not just practice for that one relationship that we all want, but it's practice for ourselves. Because if we create our reality and if our worlds and our relationships are just a reflection of who we are, then every time that we're expressing ourselves with the people around us, we're building that self love and self trust and giving ourselves the message that our voice is worthy of being heard and that it's okay for us to express ourselves and maybe be a little messy and see what happens and, and we can clean up the mess afterwards, you know? But, but we're giving ourselves the message that our voice is worthy of being heard that it's okay to share certain things and it's okay for other people to see us and we're going to be okay. We're going to be alive. Things are going to move forward. And it's such a beautiful way of connecting with someone else. How could we possibly think of connection if we're just thinking about how we can connect with our joy and our excitement and our sexiness and our, um, flirtiness, when there's this whole other side of the spectrum, that's our anger and our sadness and our frustration that we're completely cutting off. You know, it's like, I think of it as, as like a Velcro, Velcro strip. And only half of the Velcro strip is, is connected. And the other half is flipping off, you know, like, like when the Velcro of your sneakers starts getting old and, and it starts like sticking out like a lip. So that's how I see it when, When we're thinking about connecting with other people and we only want to connect through all these things that we call, you know, positive qualities, which, of course, is a complete reflection of how we're connecting to ourselves. If we're denying all these things that we don't approve of in ourselves, then then we're half connecting with ourselves. So I noticed through all of the work that I've done in myself, you know, and really thinking about the dysfunction in how I was relating to others is that I was waiting for a relationship in which I felt completely comfortable to be myself when I wasn't allowing myself to be myself the entire time. So I was waiting for this external factor for me to feel free to love myself and be completely surrendered And express what's there for me and show my love and receive love when I had not opened that door for myself. So, how could I possibly allow myself to do that ever if I wasn't opening the door? We see it so differently. We think we're gonna be that one person and everything's going to change, but the change starts within us. The change starts, the change is an active choice that we make for ourselves which is to love ourselves so hard that we can show up in our truth with whoever. It doesn't even just have to do with the person that we want to commit our lives to or the person that we want to love or the person we're madly in love with. It's with the world around us. So the way that I see perfectionism, you know, because a lot of the a- – another thing that that we always say that is that someone that can't commit, they're just looking for perfection. They're trying too hard not to settle, so then they're too picky – And so it all comes back again to self-love because if you fully love yourself and if you think you're worthy of showing up exactly as you are, if you're looking at all those parts that you've neglected and you've hid and instead you learn how to love them, then that's going to reflect the way that you relate to other people because everything that we don't accept of in ourselves is what we end up judging in others. This, you know, all comes from the idea of shadow work. For those who aren't familiar, shadow work is looking at all those parts that we don't love in ourselves, you know, the parts that we've been told to hide, like our jealousy or selfishness or our bitchiness. And it's looking at all those things that we've hidden and learning to love them, shining light on them, communicating them, allowing them to be seen so that we can feel love for them as opposed to feeling shame. When we do suppress these things and we hide the qualities that we don't like about ourselves, one of the ways that it shows up is that we get triggered by other people who represent those qualities. So I'll, I'll give a more practical example. Let's say you know a big thing for me was that I would get really triggered when when someone was in the middle of a room talking to a group of people and just talking and talking and talking for so long. And to me, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I judge this person so hard because they're being so inconsiderate. They're just talking and they don't even care about whether other people want to listen or if other people want to talk. And it would really frustrate me. It would get me in such a bad mood as I'm judging this person and quietly just in my own head, wanting to to strangle them and telling them to shut up. And it's such a perfect example because that very much reflected my own judgment for myself in speaking too much. You know, I grew up again with a family where I didn't feel comfortable talking. And so, of course, I didn't allow myself to do that. And the way that that was reflected is that anytime someone else allowed themselves to do that, it would trigger me. So, we got triggered by those things that. I- we see in others that we don't approve of in ourselves, or that we don't give ourselves permission to. So every time someone was talking for a really long time, I would get triggered because I didn't give myself permission to do that. And I could spend a whole hour talking about shadow work. But the basis is that there aren't any good or bad qualities in ourselves. You know, there there's some really positive outcomes and impacts when you do allow yourself to talk as much as you want, you know we only get triggered because we judge that in ourselves. Which means, if we just look within and, and ask ourselves, "Well, why do I judge myself for talking too much, or why would I judge myself for for giving myself the freedom to speak?" Then I get to challenge that judgment because people are very much capable of telling others to shut up. You know, it's like even when I think about all those times when, in my head, I didn't really want to listen to someone. Why didn't I speak up and say, "Hey"? I'm getting tired of listening to you, you know, or, or it could even be said in a nicer way, like, hey, I need to take a breather. You've been talking a lot. And I really want to pay attention to everything that you're saying. But I can only process so much at once. And so how about we take a, a break? Or, you know, I really admire people who don't take things so seriously and just go like, oh, my God, you've been talking so much. And I love what you're saying, but I'm getting a little tired. So let's just take a pause here and, you know, get back to the conversation later. And so every time we look at these qualities that we're not giving ourselves approval for, then is when we get to have fun and say, okay, here's this quality that I'm not giving myself approval to, to have or to be, how can I replace that with love? And when I replace that with love and I allow myself to embody this quality and to have it and be proud of it, then I get to accept that in other people. And so shadow work and in our child's work, are all of these super powerful ways of practicing that self-love on our own and with others in order for us to feel confident and safe enough to share our truths with other people. You know, I, of course, as I'm talking about the importance of speaking our our truth and and sharing what's in our heart with others, I also want to acknowledge how scary that is, especially, you know, I've, I've talked about my background and how scary it was for me to share. And I know there's people that have all sorts of trauma that affects their ability to speak their, you know, what's in their heart too. You know, people who were raised with parents who didn't make them feel safe at all in, in, in speaking their mind or, or people who've been in abusive relationships. And what they've learned for themselves is that it's better to keep quiet and just avoid conflict and, you know, prioritize their own safety. And so this is a journey that takes however long it takes, but it's something that takes time and it's something that is done um, step by step and with little opportunities of responding to things differently than we have before, of speaking up in those moments that we normally don't because that's when the pattern breaks. You know, what I hear a lot from people and, and I've even asked myself before is why do I keep attracting this kind of guy or why am I always in these situations? And when I would, you know, I, okay, so I felt like my pattern was that I always attracted men that would try to control me or would try to change me, which makes sense because, you know, it it explains why I also didn't feel the freedom to share myself and, and show who I really am. So I would look at all these qualities in men and I would ask myself, okay, how can I go for a different kind of guy with a different personality so that I stop attracting the same situation? But of course, even with men that I matched with on dating apps, you know, just looking at them in a photo, I would still end up in the same situation where I would feel like my freedom is compromised and like it would never work with this person because because there's no way that I would be able to express myself and still be with them and still be loved. And then I realized through coaching and doing all this work that I wasn't ever going to change the pattern if I didn't first change the way that I was responding to the pattern? You know, the pattern didn't break if I was actively trying to manipulate it. But if I was being presented with the pattern and I was responding differently because the pattern wasn't just the situation, but more how I was responding to it. And so I asked myself, okay, if what I'm seeing is that I keep ending up in these relationships where the guys feel like they're a little more closed-minded or like they're controlling and they don't want to, you know, let me be who I am and they want to impose how I should be and I feel like my freedom is compromised, then where am I compromising my own freedom by not speaking up, by not allowing myself to share what's there for me every time that something happens? So if I think about the beginning of my relationships, I wasn't sharing anything at all. It was just waiting for the last day to say this isn't working for me anymore after it was unbearable for me to be in the relationship. Or I would lie, right? So I think about, you know, this guy that I dated in college and we were in this long-distance relationship. So he was in Boston and I was in Gainesville. And we had met while I was visiting my friend in Boston. And then we, we hit it off. We really got along. So we did the virtual thing and we were talking every single day. And it was spring semester, so we said, okay, we'll be able to hang out if we both spend the summer in New York. We'll both get internships. We'll be able to see each other. And I was obsessed with this guy at first. You know, it was like we had so many things in common. He was so funny, so sweet, such chemistry. And then there was a very clear turning point when I was starting to see qualities in him that I really did not like. I was so judgmental about him. I remember I thought he wasn't very intelligent. I judged his decisions. I judged that he said, I love you to me. Only a month after we we started talking, it didn't make sense to me like how he made decisions and his humor. Oh my God, I hated his humor. And I remember one time he called me while sitting on the toilet (laughs) and that made me furious. I found him disgusting. I was like, I don't understand. Like, what did I see in this person? I'm suddenly so unattracted to him. And of course, now I see how while he was sitting on the toilet, I could have just been like, oh, my God, this is gross. Why are you sitting on the toilet? Which at the time scared the shit out of me. Like I, no pun intended, I did not feel comfortable saying something like that because it felt too rude and too mean, which is so hypocritical because obviously not telling someone what you really think is is just as mean, you could say, you know, you could, it, it, like, I think the most important thing is is really being honest with someone and and not um, making them small. So anyway, I'm slowly but very quickly at the same time, losing interest in this person. I'm also starting to fall for his best friend. And I need to come up with a reason why to end things. And, and so way in the beginning, I wasn't even being honest and telling someone that I didn't like them. I actually made up to him that my parents didn't want me to spend the summer in New York anymore because it was going to be too expensive to do an unpaid internship while living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. So I called him and I gave him the news. And it was such a relief for me because it was something that wasn't my fault. I completely lied to him. I didn't tell him that I was also um, falling for his best friend. And it, it was like a clean cut for me and such a relief because I escaped from this, you know, pressure that I felt to be with someone that I didn't like. And at the time, what I didn't see was that I was really pressuring myself to pretend to be okay with things that I wasn't okay with. I was pressuring myself to be with someone while not being honest with them. So that was the first extreme where, where not only was I not communicating my truth, but I was also lying. So slowly through my relationships and friendships, I started naming what's there as soon as I could. And for a really long time, it was still when I was breaking up with them. The next memorable conversation was when I was dating someone that had habits like drinking habits that I didn't like. And so I worked with my coach, Amy, at the time, who was going to be my first guest on the show. And she helped me see how that was an opportunity for me to Express what was there without judging myself, you know, not making myself wrong for saying something like that because it came from a place of loving care. So that was an, a really big realization for me was that I would make myself so wrong for wanting to say things like, hey, I'd really like it if you drank less because I thought, wow, that's so harsh. That's so mean when really it was coming from a really loving place and from wanting to be connected with this person. And so, when I think about it, all the times that I've heard friends not want to say things to their partners or when their partners don't say anything to them, that plays such a big factor. You know, we don't want to hurt other people. And we think we're, you know, we make ourselves wrong for saying certain things that actually come from the heart, that actually come from wanting more connection or wanting the best for someone else. And just in the end of the day, like that is really what we're thinking. If we're really thinking, That we want to change something, but we're not saying it, the thought and the energy is still there. The person can still feel it. And we're still acting a certain way. So, you know, if we think that someone's too sensitive, if we think someone's too jealous and we start acting, you know, a little bit more secretive around them and we start being maybe a little more polite to them and treating them in a certain way of like, "Mm, I don't want to trigger you. And when we try not to trigger people, then we're, taking care of them. And when we're taking care of people, then we're making them small because we think it's under our control to protect them from reacting certain ways. So our intention when we're not saying what we really think is that we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But in withholding what we really think, we're still hurting someone's feelings directly or indirectly, whether that's, you know, they find out that we haven't been sharing what we think, and that really hurts them or indirectly, which is, we're taking care of them and taking care of their feelings. And we don't want to hurt them because we think they're not going to be able to handle it. And that's really hurtful because you're making someone small. And one of the most important things that there could be between two people is that respect and that sense of we're equal and I'm going to take care of myself and you're going to take care of yourself. And I'm going to treat you with respect and and treat you with the respect someone deserves when when you think they can handle things, you know, We respect people who we think can handle things, can respond to things, can um, feel things and still be okay. So back to this man that I was dating. In that moment when I shared with him that I was concerned about, you know, his drinking and then eventually I ended things with him because I saw that he wasn't showing any interest in me. Wow. For me, that was a really big moment in feeling confident in myself and and having my own back, you know, really standing for myself. I think we all fear so much sharing these things and um, and we, we worry what's going to happen and how the person is going to receive it. But in that moment, it wasn't even about how this person received it at all, but it was about me giving myself that microphone and power to share something that was going on with me. You know, I was prioritizing my own needs. If I needed for this person to know that that I was concerned with his drinking and that I wanted him to, to be aware of it, then that's all that mattered. You know, we are all responsible for taking care of our own needs. And that's what I learned in that moment. And I think it really all has been these moments where I've had to be courageous into stepping into my, my uh, truth and my power. And those are the moments that have given me the confidence to be who I am today and, and really feel confident in myself and confident in speaking my truth. I want people to share that it's scary and you know I I I get a lot like oh tonight but that's you you you're so brave and and you really let yourself just speak what's there for you without fear. And I and I do want to mention that I have worked with so many coaches and spiritual guides and therapists and chakra healers and friends and I've done so many courses like landmark and ipec And so it's taken a lot of work for me to give myself that permission to say what's on my mind and and feel the courage to to say that. And at first, it didn't honestly even sound very confident. It's like you you have to take out the pressure of even how you want to sound when you're sharing these things. So for me in that moment, the sole purpose I had was I'm going to express what's there for me because my needs matter. And this is going to be an act purely out of honoring my own needs. That relationship didn't go anywhere. That man didn't honor my needs more. But from that, from that relationship onward, that was a priority for me. You know, the the more that I dated, the more that I made my needs a priority. And therefore I was creating relationships that were serving me and that I was less scared of. And what the work really involved was asking myself, why don't I approve of saying certain things? And how can I work on on growing that approval for myself? And so what changed, it wasn't that I was suddenly falling in love with people and, and sticking around more, but I was feeling different in relationships. I was feeling more like I could be myself and I did not feel the need to run away. That was the key. I think this is, I think this is like just what was such a golden spot for me that regardless of of who I was in a relationship with or who I was dating or hooking up with, there was no longer that sense of needing to have one foot in and one foot out because the only reason why I would need to do that is if my freedom was compromised. But if I wasn't compromising my freedom by fully allowing myself to be who I am, then there was no threat. There was no threat of being stuck in something that I didn't wanna be in. And I'll use an example that just happened recently. On my travels here in Costa Rica, I met this man who I fell so quickly for and he fell super quick for me. We had this really intense, super quick lit flame that was like just honestly so intense. We were like obsessed with each other and we connected on so many so many levels. You know, we had so many things in common. Intimately, it was great. We loved being around each other. We laughed at the same things. And then one day things changed super quickly, like just as quickly as everything came together in a very quick conversation. For me, it fell apart. I just saw things very differently. I saw how we looked at the world very differently and I couldn't help it. It's just that fire that was on just had suddenly turned off. And it was a disappointment, you know, that night when, when we had this conversation that everything changed for me. It was a lot for me to process because everything had moved so quickly and intensely that it was a little bit of a disappointment. I, I really had hoped for it to last longer and and I was excited to see how it developed, but I also could see how all the feelings I had that night were very telling of the real nature of the relationship, you know, that that I I, I was looking for something different. So normally in the past, without all the tools and ways that I've worked on myself, it would have eaten me up inside. I would have doubted these thoughts and doubted how I was feeling that night and said, you know, I'm probably overreacting. I'm making a big deal out of this. This doesn't mean that things need to end. Let me just pretend that nothing's going on. And that would have just caused so much anxiety in me. And I and I would have thought of, of ways for us to not be together you know like I would have I don't know I would have I would have left wherever we were you know because we met while both traveling so I might have maybe looked for a reason to leave or I um, looked for ways to not spend the day together with him because in my head it was you know it came down to do I want to be with this person or do I not want to be with this person so this time I got to really think about what was going on and I asked myself okay what is there? for me to communicate that I'm not communicating. Because it's not about being with this person or not. But it's about, you know, just naming what's there for me. And what was there for me is that something was off. So we sat down and we talked about it. And I told him that, you know, things had changed for me. And I felt differently. And he said he noticed. And I felt completely calm having this conversation. You know, I, I think about how, In the past, I would have lied and I would have come up with an excuse to to say anything but what was there for me. And it was just so simple to sit with this person and say, hey, something's changed and it has nothing to do with what I think about you and it has nothing to do with anything you did. I just feel differently than I used to. And I told him that it was so important for me to have the conversation the way that we did because... I wanted that conversation to come from love. I wanted us to connect on what was happening and and what was there, coming from a place of connection. Another concept that I really love from Our Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, which I recommend to everyone because it's truly a life-changing book, is that we think that relationships end when there's a breakup, but the relationships continue. And in this case, that conversation... Where we're talking, you know, very vulnerably about how we're feeling and how things have changed and and the way that we're processing that was actually a conversation that got us closer together. And I I I do think every time we have these breakup conversations, they're so vulnerable and we're really opening our hearts and and letting ourselves be seen. And it really is something that brings us together, you know, because we don't usually have these conversations with people where we're so vulnerable and speak from this place of hurt and confusion and letting go. And so a lot of times when we fear that these conversations are gonna push us apart, I think it's such a beautiful reframe to see it as, no, this conversation's actually gonna have us be more connected as people and deepen our love for each other and our respect for each other because we're willing to speak from the truth and from the heart. And I can say now that this relationship, you know, only really lasted a week. And, it, you know, we weren't even in a relationship. We were just spending time together. But it didn't last in the way that it was, you know, headed towards us building a future together. And um, we didn't make any sort of commitment to each other. But the way that I related to this man is way deeper deeper and more connected and vulnerable than so many other people in the world. And I will never forget that. And in that moment, I connected to myself more because I was able to stand in my confidence of, I trust that everything will be okay if I share what's there for me. That maybe I don't see it right now, but this conversation is going to feel so good when I have it, and everything will make sense afterwards. And I have no idea where it's going. You know, we we try so hard to control and to avoid certain outcomes, when really everything happens in conversation. And I heard so much about what was there from for from him in the conversation, and what was there for me. You know, the more that I spoke, the more that I felt rooted in myself, and the more that it made sense. Everything that I was feeling made a lot more sense. But if we're resisting all these things inside us that we don't want to share, then of course we're confused. And of course we don't know what we want. So this conversation and every conversation that I've had where I've allowed myself to speak what's there has allowed me to be more confident and step into my power and have less fear around being with other people and being intimate. Because if I get to stand up for myself, And if I get to give myself the freedom, then there is no threat for me to lose my freedom when I'm in a relationship or when I'm vulnerable or having an intimate connection with someone else. And that's where the fear of intimacy and the fear of commitment or whatever we wanna call it has completely disappeared for me. It's not about that anymore. I have been able to bring it down to little moments where I have resisted sharing my truth, and where I can now step into that and say, I have no idea where this is going. This is coming from a place of love. This is coming from a place where it's going to have me be more connected to me and connected to them. And it might be a mess and it might be ugly and I might hurt someone, but that's what it takes for us to build a relationship we want with ourselves and with other people. You know, we got to be uncomfortable, we got to risk doing the messy thing and the ugly thing for us to tear things apart and then put them back together and continue to respond to circumstances different than we would so that we can step deeper into relationship and deeper into connection so that these patterns don't keep on showing up because then, of course, we're never going to be able to commit to someone. If we're doing the same exact things in every relationship, then the same exact things are going to come up. And that's why we're going to feel like we'll never open up our hearts and never risk Surrendering to love. So, we got to let ourselves be seen for a full spectrum for our anger, our sadness, our joy, our excitement, or our childlikeness. If we're going to look for a relationship where we love ourselves and we love the other, we got to see how every part of us is worthy of loving. And that's what it really all comes down to when we're talking about fear of intimacy and fear of commitment. It's the fear that we're not going to be loved exactly as we are and exactly as we're not. So in the next couple of episodes, I'm so excited to dive deep into all the ways that we can foster that love and all of the different ways that it shows up for each one of us. Because for me, this whole subject of communication was a really big deal because I didn't feel like I could communicate much growing up but maybe there's some people who do have an easier time with that and it it has to do more with with their relationship with their parents and with their um you know for a lot of people it's not as much as communicating their feelings but maybe expressing themselves in sex or expressing their needs or allowing themselves to be moody sometimes or be mean or be by themselves. There's all of these limiting beliefs that we have about who we can and cannot be in relationship and whether or not that's worthy of being accepted. And I really think that this freedom that many of us feel like we're losing in relationship all comes down to that, the freedom that we're providing for ourselves. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was really fun for me to recap, you know, a little bit of the evolution that I've been on with my own communication and intimacy and relationships. And um, I hope it resonates. And if it does, feel free to reach out and tell me if there's anything that you have more questions about or anything that you'd like to discuss. This is what I do as a coach. I help people feel more self-expressed in their relationships by learning to love and accept every part of themselves. And in the next month, in March 2021, I will be running a program with my best friend, Taylor Cohen, who's a sexuality and success coach. And she's also going to be a guest on this podcast. And um, we're running a program called Full of Herself for women who are looking to feel full of themselves, to really feel free to show up as they are in the world, in their relationships, and feel so much love for themselves exactly as they are and exactly as they're not because we're told by you know the way we were raised in our society and our friends that there's a certain way that we should be otherwise we can't get the relationship that we want or the success that we want and taylor and i experienced that firsthand of course as we all have but we you know we we grew through that together we really created this life where we're running our own businesses, feeling super confident in our bodies and feeling comfortable with ourselves, whether we're in relationship or not in a relationship, because both of us really used to attach our values to that, whether we were dating or not. You know, it's, you know, we were both raised in a society that told us that the point of our existence was to find a partner. And so we're just really excited to share all the tools and learnings that we've had along the way of how to truly be confident from the inside out and not base it on your career or your relationship or anything that you have to change. So thank you so much for listening. It's been an honor to share this part of my story and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Commitment Phobe. If this episode left an impact on you, please share with friends, family, loved ones, ex-lovers, the people in your life who you think would benefit from listening to these conversations. If you're curious about the kind of work that I do as an intuitive coach, head on over to my website, www.tanaymelgram.com, where you can learn more about what I do with my one-on-one coaching clients, group coaching programs, and you can set up a discovery call with me to see how I can be of support to you. You could also follow me on Instagram on my handle at Tanai Milgram. I'm always posting content about what I'm up to and new insights, new learnings that I'm getting along my journey. And please head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review if you like what you heard. So together we can start changing the conversation we're having about intimacy and commitments. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next week.